Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después Worldwide Latino Pride The Ambassadors of Violence LAX, K-Dog, The Notorious 187 Homicide I'm from Miami, not counting Down with the essays in the 6-4 hopping To my body was in the 787 And those up in Brooklyn pulling 211 I come through stomping Rolling in my low-top chucks Making sure you suckers feel me every time we bust Shackled up like a nut going 51-50 G'd up in the feed up Creased up in some dickies I rap a lot Like the label out of Houston Sneaky like the clock up in the shop Straight boosting To all my hand dead down in quiet Ryan, Ryan, Vince Russo, boom, bring it. Well, I just, <laughs> I was cracking up because. You know, you guys always call me a snowflake and you say that, uh, you know, I get offended so easily and, and all this stuff. And, and, and Disco is one of the most loyal Vince Russo supporters out there. And, you know, he's always been like, oh, you know, just do, do, why doesn't someone want to do things in person? Why does someone want to do things in person? And then, and then Vince Russo, who puts... Who, On a, on, a, on a weekly basis is just spewing hate out there towards everyone and saying the meanest things about people and trying to get a reaction uh, just to get downloads on his show. And then 60-year-old Jim Cornette comes along who has a limp, who can barely walk, like, and comes out there and says, like, challenges him to a fight. Like, and... and, and, and And he takes it seriously. And, and to me, it's funny because he does this whole show about Mars and, and you know, <laughs> taking, taking wrestling too seriously and, and how, how can grown men 
be taking this thing so seriously. It's fake, bro. It's fake. And then Jim Cornette, who is clearly not going to go shoot him, who is clearly not going to go fight him, who is clearly putting on a gimmick for his podcast audience because his whole thing is a gimmick, and that's what his fans want. And he says this thing, and Vince Russo goes and files a real restraining order where he says that he is actually in fear of Jim Cornette, which blew my mind. And when I contacted Disco about it, just like a, all right, you guys can never call me a snowflake again. I would never go and do something like this, something that's wrestling related and clearly a, a joke, or not even a joke, but clearly something that's not going to actually happen. And, 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 and Glenn over here, Disco, was, was defending Vince Russo the whole time. And so I was blown away, and I was like, I don't even want to hear your defense. We should do this yeah. on the show because my no, mind – Before Disco, you right. talk. Shane, wait, wait, because Shane wanted to talk about this. Shane, what do you have to say on this? Well, first of all, I want an audio clip of Ryan saying clearly, and I want to somehow put that in at every show. I did not know Shane was there. Clearly. What up, Shane? All right, clearly, you did not know I was on this show right now. But um, uh, I find it really hard to disagree with anything that Ryan just said. Like, like who takes out a restraint? What is Jim Cornette going to do? Even if he showed up, who who can't beat up Jim Cornette? I like Jim Cornette. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if he didn't have the racket, if the racket came into play, okay, then we got a problem. Well, we all but know that, obviously, yeah. I just can't imagine actually taking the time out of your life to go and file a restraining order on Jim Cornette. Like, okay, like I don't know what street cred he had, if, if, if Benny Rue had any. If he did, that's a pretty weak street to live on to begin with. <laughs> but I don't know how you have any after that. Disco has a little doozy waiting for you, and he can't wait to, like, unload oh, it. But let me great. just say this. So... I was invited to one of his shows, one of his five shows. Which one was it, Disco? So Lions, people Tigers, can hear it. The, the, uh, the one that I'm on. The, just the new show on Monday. It's on Podcast One. All right. Say the name. So Lions, we were Tigers, there. Disco. Right. So it was a two-hour conversation. We talked about everything. Okay, and just real quick, Vince yeah. didn't want to talk about this. Right. Before we – like when we went on the air, we were like, hey, we, we can't talk about the, 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 the Cornet thing. Okay? Right. Let's go ahead. But we ended up talking about it, okay? Because right. if you're going to bring me on the show, let's not pretend this is, isn't happening. Right. You just asked him, yeah. and he decided, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll – he just answered – he basically – he talked about it, okay? Right. All well, right. there would have been no show, you know? So the other thing was I told him, I go, bro, just so you know, and kind of echoing what you both guys said, the whole thing's a gimmick, Okay. This is this is how he riles up his fan base, just like you rile up yours and just like I rile up mine. We know wh how we rile them up, and we're very contentious characters. So now you have to deal with the blowback. And let me tell you what the blowback is. You look like a humongous pussy for doing that. Yep. And then he unloaded this. Uh, go ahead, D.I. <laughs> All right. So here, well, I'm just saying, because here's the thing, and I think this is kind of – I think it's – here's what I think is, think is sad about this, okay? And this, and this is a, a, an issue I have. This with, isn't with related to, to women being grown out of men's no, ribs, no, is it? This, this okay. is my issue to do, <laughs> over the course of time with wrestling, with wrestling media, okay? It's like what me and Conan are the only two people that, that – Spoke to Vince about this because nobody else called him to get to, to get, 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 get or are you out get, of your? I can cuss on get, here, right? I can cuss, yeah. right? Go ahead. Are you out of your mind, Disco? No, like, who's are you clearly? Who like, called him like, up? There. First of all, first of all, why in God's name would I reach out to Vince Russo, who has dedicated months no of airtime to try 
to discredit me? Why in God's name would I reach out to him when, when he filled out the documents that he turned into the court, which I paid money to have a courier go to the court and pick up for me because I don't need to talk to Vince Russo about this because it's very cut and dry that he put in documents, he wrote in documents himself that I have, that he signed, that he says he is in fear of his, he is in fear of physical uh, pain, that he's, I forget the exact wording, I don't have it up because I'm annoyed with you right now, but yeah, he's in fear of physical harm. He put it, in writing, I read it myself. Ryan, and let me let me tell you something. And I told him this. I said, "How on God's green earth I can I can see Cornette because he also has a problem with Bischoff." I said, "I can see you having a problem with Bischoff." I go, "I had a big problem with him, like real big." And I had him on the show, and he was a gentleman, and we squashed it. Okay, I had a problem with Bruce Pritchard, where Shane was present when it. Remember Shane? Yeah. <laughs> Shane was like, "What's going on here?" I squashed that. I go, so how? But how do you have a problem? How do you have a problem with Meltzer and Satin? I go, you've managed to piss off everybody, you know. And at the end of the day, I I actually felt like he felt bad. Like I think, like maybe you know, he's gone too far or something. He and has I, completely gone too I mean, far. Yeah. And, I know, and also, wait, I know. wait, 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 is because he does a daily show that he puts out where I listen to it. Just because I don't talk about him all the time doesn't mean I don't keep my ears to what he's doing just in case he's, uh, he's bashing me in some sort of way. So I've listened to the show. I've heard both sides. I watched all the YouTube videos. I don't need to call him because he did, YouTube. He did five fucking YouTube videos about it. That showed what why he filed the, the 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 police report or why he filed the restraining order. So to say, oh, this is my problem with the wrestling media. I reach out to people all the time, dude, all the time. And just because in your time you that that wasn't a thing, don't group me in the same people who don't do that. Because I reach out to people all the time, dude. I I pride myself on it. Like I didn't reach. How I often do you reach out to time people? Time Ryan. Time all out. The time. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, he no, reaches out to people all I'll, the time. I never said that. You didn't. I specifically am categorically talking about this specific Russo. case. That's it. And that, that's all That's all I wanted you to start this off by saying this is my problem with the wrestling media. No, no, no. So, you, no, no, so, no, explain, so explain to me. That the wrestling so media didn't explain. contact Vince Russo. I would like to know how the wrestling media not contacting Vince Russo is somehow proof that Vince Russo is not a pussy for filing this restraint. <laughs> for one. For one. Okay, me and Conan spoke to basically you get the reason of why he actually went to file the restraining order, and this is why. Okay, and this is from a conversation that me and Conan had with him. Right now, so and this multiple-hour conversation that you guys have with Vince Russo, this will be up on podcast one for everyone to hear. No, 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 no. I hope the title of the episode is "Why I'm Not a Pussy." No, no, Vince does not want to air this because he wants it. Let me, let me, let me say this, and then we're completely can ask me questions. Okay, all right. The reason he filed, and this is Conan will verify this because he was on the call with us. Okay, there were things yeah. I didn't know, like I didn't know he threatened his wife. I didn't okay. know what so, he so, called okay. slut. There, there, there's some things that people that do not know. Okay, but this goes um, back. Okay, goes back in time to the uh, to the um, uh, back in 2010 when Cornette wrote the email to Terry Taylor, where basically was saying if he could kill if, if I could kill Vince Russo, I would. A very an email that the TNA officials. Okay, went to the, the, what they the, what they wanted. This is back in 2010. Let they me correct Disco like I had to correct Vince. Terry the Stooge Taylor continues. <laughs> okay, so back then, where they were actually going to invite Jim to come to uh, 
um, to come to the TNA officers or something, and they were going to have the police arrest him for making terroristic threats in that, from that email. And Vince said, Cam, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to like stir this stuff up. Okay, so basically, Cornette threatened him a while back, and, and TNA was actually going to try to have Jim Cornette arrested back in 2010. Okay, that so, so fast forward. All right, the Cornet's been on this, this rampage for all these years and stuff. And they've been threatened to basically if he could. But to be fair him, though, is, is, isn't Russo finish. on a little bit of a Kevin, rampage too? Me, I can't wait till not, Jim hears that. I can't. All right, let, let me let me finish. Okay, fast forward to now. Okay, and basically Vince had been. Uh, Challenge him to a debate to debate the, the specific lies he categorically said about me. Let's debate him. And Jim Cornette challenged him to a fight where he said he wanted no cops, uh, no whatever, and you know he can't bring guns and knives. And Jim Cornette even said, "I can, I, I, I can bring a, ba- I'd, I'd bring a baseball bat and bat." Yeah, I listen, I listen to the whole thing. Yeah, okay, that's okay. It's Hughie. Hello. Yeah, okay, that's okay, bro. One of Cornette's friends, and this should be now probably before this airs. One of Cornette's good friends, okay, that's known Cornette for years, called Vince up and said, "Vince, look, I've known this guy for years. It's probably a ninety-five percent chance that nothing's going to happen, okay. But on the five percent chance that I don't know what's going on through this guy's mind and he's crazy, I would suggest that you protect yourself, okay? That so, so okay. So now Vince tells his wife this." All right. His wife gets gets scared. His wife's brother, in fear for his sister, actually gets a gun to bring over to Vince's house based on this conversation. Okay. Vince had no choice but to just do what he had to do to go get a protective order. And when the judge read the transcript of, of what Jim had said, and he sees the words kill, kill, kill over this course of this, this period of time, kill, 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 the judge had no problem giving the protective order. Basically, the, the, the protective order is like the standard things you check the boxes on. The on protective order doesn't cover his wife. Uh, no, it does not. You're absolutely no, right. He said he wanted to leave a paper trail because he was more afraid that a fan might – because I didn't know this. He says Jim lives two hours from him. Did you yeah. know that? So it's like he's worried, uh, no. bro. He's worried about – he's Neither worried about – He's worried about like his fan, his fan base. Like these things, people say, like say, we know where you live and stuff and all that, bro. Just like I mean, that that is so, why. Here's what I'm saying. Like, that is, that's supposed to explain to me that he's not being a pussy right now because his wife made him do it. What, well, bro? You can to think about this, okay? Let me ask you a question. If your girlfriend's brother came over and brought you a gun because you're worried because somebody said that there's a chance that somebody might commit physical harm to you, what would you do? Well, I would let them know that the guy was cutting a wrestling promo and they were taking things a little too seriously because uh, that's I, bro. That's been, that, that, that has been his that has been his contention for years and why he's never done anything like this until he got the phone call from the person that said, "Vince, I would protect myself if I were you. I've known this guy for years." <laughs> I, I mean, you really so think wait, so just, just, wait, so wait, 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 you can spin it any way you want. You can spin it, and if, you're, if your contention is your grown man, adult person knowledge, you really think. That there was a chance that Jim Cornette was going to drive over to Vince Russo's house 20 years later after their rivalry had started just because he was angry about some podcast thing that was said or something that was said he, that, that he said on the WWE and he was going to go kill Vince Russo or his wife? Listen, and there's another thing too. And another reason Vince has done this is because he wants the Cornette fans to finally say, Cornette, you win. You, I had to file a protection order against you. I'm scared of you. You win. I raise your hand. Just leave me alone. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Conan, I have a question for you. What it do, boom. Have you been taking your athletic greens? You know it. Love it. Yeah. Well, you, I gave you, a- you recommended that to me. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, uh, Athletic Greens AG1, I take every day. He was taking it before they came on board for us to promote them. But go right. ahead. Because the thing, you know, I want better gut health, you right. know, for my digestion, because I'm on a you know, weird diet, like the keto diet. I don't sometimes get enough carbs as I as I need. So right. I, like, I like it for the gut health and gives you sustained energy, you know, in, immune support. Uh and I hated taking the I, I bro I had a, like nine bottles of vitamins. That's my favorite part. Yeah, constantly having to un, you know screw the vitamins on and t- taking like nine vitamins at a time or like you know two, two times during the day. But like, but you know with AG one it's great. You just mix it with water or you know you, you can put in juice too. Right. I like to take it because I do intermittent fasting. I like to take it after my workout. So I'll go drink my drink my AG one and I'll uh, you know maybe take a protein shake or go eat, eat my meal. And the thing about it, it's it's you know. It's great for recovery, you know. It empowers the whole, you know, the gut for the whole body. If if your gut is in good shape and good health, that affects your whole body, you know, your uh, alertness, you know, everything. And right. athletes love this stuff, and it's uh, so much more than just a powder. It's literally all of your key health products in one, you know. And it's got 75 high quality ingredients, and so you get the daily n- nutrients that you need. And it's a microhabit that delivers macro benefits, and it helps almost everybody take care of their health every single day. Right. So if you want, you know, I just, I, I swear by this stuff, right? Because it's so much simplicity, and it, and it works, right? Uh, and it's also just costs less than $3 a day. That's a really good price, if you ask me. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash Conan. That's athleticgreens, A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S.com slash K-O-N-A-N. And check it out. Less than $3 a day and a free one-year supply of vitamin E and five free travel packs. Bro, here's the best part of it, too. 
we all need like we all know that we need vitamins and uh, and and this thing is rich in antioxidants vitamins minerals but we also know we need fresh fruits and vegetables a lot of time it's hard you know you got to cut them and you got to go to the store and buy them and hope that they don't go bad bro you save all of that by taking this this is this is excellent we highly recommend the disco as i stated and joe was using it before they came on board you know we all use it we all swear by it and it saves you time it saves you money you don't got it like as disco said before you don't got to take a bunch of pills this has everything you need to keep you in shape because really that's the mo of our show wellness keeping you in shape get all your minerals and vitamins at athletic greens boom The next is from Hughie. Uh, All right. Yeah, okay. You know what? I, you know what I was saying? I kind of defended this guy a little bit against your slanderous attacks against right. him, Conan. But in the subject is Kevin Nash for his AW marks. The, the, first, the first two sentences here, I'm going to retract my praise for Hughie. Okay? Right. Here's the first two sentences. Hey, guys. My name is Disco Inferno and Icewell Oakum. What? So any, wait, wait, wait. what does that even mean? Ice Wall Oakum. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who is that? I don't get it. So anyway, a few days ago, the great yeah. So anyway, a few days ago, the great Kevin Nash, who like me is taller and more jacked than Disco, plus we're both NWO members. Being an NWO fluff boy doesn't actually went, make you a member, but here you went go. On, went on Twitter. Went on Twitter to point that the brawl at the end of the last AEW Dynamite episode maybe wasn't the greatest brawl of all time. So, of course, the AEW fat marks with their girly voices and fat bodies and fake Twitter followers and mantits went crazy on Nash. You mean like him? So my question, was Nash correct in his criticism of AEW? Also, do you think that AEW marks are the worst marks out there? I mean, why can't they just accept that maybe someone just doesn't like the product? P.S. Joe and Conan... Tell Daniel Cormier that Disco was talking shit about him. Hmm. Well, that's not, that's not that's, accurate. That's, yeah, that yeah, yeah I'm going to give four Pinocchios. <laughs> I'm giving four Pinocchios to Hughie's uh, email here. Did you, did you read the stuff where Nash was, was going back and forth with, with, where Nash tweeted at Cody? Yeah. The, the attention to the, you know, the, the devil's in the oh, details. So, yeah, uh, basically, Nash was yeah. ripping the, the details in the that, that angle. Like, if Jericho bought a ticket, how's he have a mic? You know. He was being like he was just saying, like you guys, you, you guys are you need to be pay attention to the details, right? So of course, AW marks everyone's like ripping Nash, <clears throat> and then well, Nash said that. Um, well, let me just say real quick what initially started. It was kind of in the in the it was a minute detail where if if Jericho, how did Jericho get a microphone in the box if he was talking shit about a company VP? Wouldn't Cody just shut the mic off? And that was kind of Nash's point. It was small. But it was it was his perspective, and then people kind of came out uh, against him for that because they were supporting AEW, you know. Yeah. But yeah, well, you could say he. I don't know, bro. I mean, I, I didn't. I don't think that's a real big deal, you know. I, I didn't think it was a real big deal either. But but they do. Uh, there there's not a lot of attention to detail so far mm-hmm. on that show, you know. So it's like, I mean, you can see the work, you know. They're they're doing some like there's just a little bit too much for some of the moves. Yeah. You know, like, you can't. You, I'll I'll say this. I thought this was ridiculous. Okay. The Bucks in their match against the the who they were the, the best friends last week yeah last, last yeah okay the the the, fit, the, the spot for, to to go to the the hot tag not the hot tag but to go home they put one of the Jacksons up on a guy's shoulders and the guy got on the top rope 
And you know how the Road Warriors do the clothesline? They flip the guy over? The Doomsday Device. The Doomsday Device. So instead of the Doomsday Device, the clothesline, one of the guys jumped off the top rope with a, with a flying knee and kneed the Jackson kid as, a, you know, as opposed to clothesline him. But and this, this is details to me. And this is like, this, to me, this looks ridiculous. He knees him, and the kid flips over, but he lands on his feet and starts his comeback. He no-sold it. Right. That, I'm like, that's, you know, you could do that in Mexico because that's Luchin. There's a lot of stuff why, you know, land, land our feet. Goes down. But, bro, it's like this American-style wrestling. You can't just out of nowhere do like a no-sell spot for a devastating move like that and start your comeback. So it's like, so, yeah, they're, they're – they're, they're not tight on the details yet, but they, they, they may change. You know, they're brothers. It's all well, you gotta, you, <clears throat> you gotta hope. <clears throat> you gotta hope that their agent, after the match, said, "Hey, don't do that again." Or right. these young bucks. You know right. what I'm saying? They've got to police their own shit too, because these are young guys from the indies where that's probably normal. Right. You know what I'm saying? As I say, yeah. Whether well, indie stuff doesn't work on the main stage. Indie, right. indie wrestling is in front of two, three hundred fans. Right. Yo, mainstream wrestling is a part of millions and hundreds, hundreds of thousands of millions of people that are scrutinizing what they're seeing because not a lot of people are watching it. So when they're tuning in, you got to be like kind of, you kind of got to be perfect almost out there. You know, they're, right. they're not gonna be perfect, but you kind of like are thinking like, hey, my match look needs to look as real as possible. That's right. good work, you know. Right. I, I've got like I say, like Hulk, like like here's the thing, Conan probably at his age can't go out there and like work a match like he used to or anything. But when Conan and Vampiro were trading punches with each other, it looked real. You know, right. <laughs> it's like you're gonna, so it's like you know, so your little spot that you had on TV, you made every minute of it look real, which is what all these guys should be doing on TV. And if you think a spot does look might look hokey to people, I would say don't do that. There's a right. million other things you do in a match. Just don't do the spot that looks like it could look hokey. Just because you can do it, you know what I'm saying. So that that that'd be my advice. When I uh, when I get texts from like lapsed fans and they're giving AEW a chance, right? Wrestling's back on TNT, and they know that I do the shows and whatever. <clears throat> so they'll reach out to me and oh, and tell me what they think about the shows. I got more complaints last week about uh, the Lucha Lucha Bros versus Private Party and Orange Cassidy than anything I have since the show's been on the air. A lot of uh, at least four to four or five friends of mine. Totally unrelated. Just text me and going. This first match is. It looks way too choreographed. It doesn't look real. It looks the the refs not enforcing rules. What's going on? It's all flips and right. stuff like that. And that's that's not in their fan base bubble. It's people it's, trying it's, to it's trying to get a chance. It's constructive criticism. It's yeah. what it should be. You know, because like if you're like you tell, hey, some of your fans are look, looking at it like this. Yeah. Or you know, may, maybe you should do something because you you have your fans that go to watch regardless. You have other people watching and they're looking at the matches and this is what they're seeing. Maybe just don't do that stuff. You know, stick to the stuff that like would get the the new fans to continue to watch. You know, so they so they were mad in one match because it looked choreographed and what else? Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy kind of, yeah. was just like what what it, what the hell is nobody this supposed gets to be? it. Yeah. Having, the people watch that and they see the fans in the crowd reacting to him, and they're just still not getting it. Right. It's like because they don't really know anything about the guy. I just almost think, and uh, you know, that you've seen the lucha influence in American wrestling. That's why you see so many dives, and that's why you see so many choreographed spots, because when guys are going up in the business, they were like, all right, even though it's a safer style, and they're looking at, you know, whatever Nash and Hogan and the top guys are doing, then they're watching the underneath guys, you know, and they're going, fuck, I want to do that. Yeah. And a lot of young people were influenced by that, 
and a lot of wrestlers. And now that style's kind of permeated American wrestling. Yeah. And one of the and one of the bad things about Mexican wrestling for Americans is that a it looks choreographed, okay. And the other one is the um, you know, just like you said, the ref doesn't really have a a whole lot of say in, in a lucha yeah. match. Yeah, but yeah. but here's the thing too. But you but this is one thing you will notice if you if you look at it is if you watched old twenty years ago, even though it was lucha. And when it came into to WCW, right, and we were like looking like a lot of the old school guys go, wow, we weren't looking at it going like, oh, my yeah, God. Because, this is you had, because, you, because you had guys that taught them like, you know, Dean Malenko and Jericho and Eddie Guerrero okay. that even though they were young, they were like young generals. Not even that. Not even that. Yeah. You had the, the Lucha guys come in that grew up from the first day of training, had been doing Lucha for their whole career. Okay. Right. And back then, you know, as you know, we've expanded a lot of the stuff that Lucha guys are doing, they were doing pretty basic Lucha, which still looked crazy compared to like a lot of the wrestling we did. But it never really looked like phony or choreographed. You're like, wow, these guys are just doing because they were more solid in their work. The guys sold more. They just grew up and trained better than like the guys today. Well, you, because they, also you know, in Mexico, they were wrestling veterans that would right. tell them, hey, do it this way. But when they came here, they had young veterans. Like, bro, right. Jericho was way ahead of his time. Malenko, Malenko. Way, yeah, was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Eddie was way ahead of his time, you know. Exactly. And so they were like, okay, when you do this, stop here. Let's make it look and, – and, you know, Juventud and Ray and Psychosis, they listened, right? Right. And, but now you've got – you don't have a lot of those teachers around anymore. Right. You and know, you've got just and the guys young guys – Teaching young guys, and they're doing lucha with indie guys, right. <clears throat> and that's right. what, you know guys have learned lucha. They learned lucha on the indies, never really trained lucha. You know, right. like a lot, of, a lot of American wrestlers never trained lucha. They just kind of like started doing it because right. of wrestling lucha. You know, so, right. so yeah, yeah, and you can see the detail, the difference in the details. The the the, the lucha guy, you know, Ray, Hoobie, Psychosis, Garzano, they were way snugger than these guys are. Parker, the, guy, the guys today are very. They yeah. are very choreographed, helping yeah. each other. But like, you know, the lucha back there was very snug and stiff. They yeah. hit each other, you know, chopped the shit out of each other. You know, it was like it wasn't like you know, it, it wasn't like it is today. It's different, you know. So, Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Conan. What it do? End the old year with a new you, and close it will give you the confidence to tackle those 2023 resolutions. Thanks to our new sponsor, True Classic. You'll have everything you need to hit the gym, take it slow, or treat yourself to something nice. Let's get snatched in 2023, and daddies, I'm talking to you. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the code K100 at trueclassic.com. True Classic will make you feel your best by accentuating the places that the eyes go to first, which is your your body. And have you thought about upgrading your shirts? Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. That's why True Classic's team designed t-shirts to make the fellows of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. There's a desirable look to be achieved by every single body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts are elite. From going to the gym to your first date, there's no better look than a fresh tee. I wear t-shirts all the time. And True Classic offers other menswear as well. The True Classic activewear line makes physical features more flattering, and their fabrics are engineered for high-intensity workouts. I'd pair an active shirt with their fleece or quick-dry shorts or a pair of their comfy joggers. They also just released new button-downs and chinos, which are perfect for a nice night out. And you can never go wrong with their classic comfort collection of ultra-soft tees, briefs, hoodies, and much more. And you know me, I'm a big hoodie guy. They have a pack builder on their site where you can customize the bundle you want and save even more. And for my big fellas out there, they have long options for the tall guys and up to triple XL. Now, True Classic also has a 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. That's great for you. The response to these tees are overwhelmingly positive with over 200,000 five-star reviews. It's no wonder these t-shirts are quickly becoming men's go-to. So dad bods, we got you covered. Rip bods, you know it. Your average Joe, that's you. Yes, sir. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code K100. That's 25% off with the code K100 plus free shipping on purchases over $100. New year, new me, and new tees. Thanks to True Classic at T-R-U-E-C-L-A-S-S-I-C.com. Bro, these are great. They're comfortable. You know, and like he said, they come in so many different styles. The one that I got, they have polos. They have V-necks. They have long sleeves. They got... You know what a Henley shirt is, uh, D.I.? Oh, Henley shirt? Yeah. No. Those are the ones that have no collar, and they're kind of round, and they have buttons right here. And they have different colors. Very, very comfortable. And, you know, it does a real good job of accentuating your upper body. They're very, very comfortable, you know, and I highly recommend it. So, uh, you know, get your attire on at um, True Classic Tees. Boom. I just want you to know, I, I didn't, I didn't set this up. This is just the. This is. Don't the, tell this, me this is Mike Durbin. This is the next guy in the rotation. Yes, it is Conan. <laughs> oh my God! Let's see this. Oh, what geez. a mark! <laughs> what a, what a mark Joe is for you, and you are for him. Hey, I paid money just like everybody else. Yeah, to be honest, that's true. That's true. Okay, I won't, I won't throw your money away, but I, I still will not withhold my true feelings. I'll tell you what. You know what I want to do here too? I want to do this. This Conan. I paid thirty dollars to meet you Friday to get a picture with you an autograph, and here I'm giving you $25 more. Was I nice to you? You were beyond nice. You were probably the nicest wrestler I've ever met, Whoa, which is man. odd. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not let that get out. No, yeah. I, will, I won't tell. I only told Joe. I told nobody else. That, that was a facade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to get other fans to come and take a picture, so don't okay. think that that was anything but uh, what it was. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> 
people looking over like, oh, look how friendly Conan's being <laughs> right, over there. Let's exactly. go say hello. One, yeah. one, uh, well. That's great. Disco's trying to say something. What up? I'm trying to find something here. Uh, what do you think about uh, Mike? You're yeah. a rock and roll fan, right? Yes, sir. What do you think about Disco's lover boy look? Nothing? He's got a full head of hair. He's got a great headband. He, he's in shape. That, but the headband, sure. remember that, that, do you remember that the group uh, album with the headband? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this. They were from, they were from Calgary. All right. We're going to go, I'm going to do a, I'm going to read, a, this is a Patreon only email. Right. All right. Um, and we can play this clip on the show. This will be a special guest clip that we'll put on, on the regular show. This right. will take right here. Um, this is from HKGR. Uh, subject is fans want an entertaining wrestling show. Oh, we're doing a mailbag. Uh, yeah, just what is a special mailbag question. Hey. Right. It's because of this, Mike, you can be included in this. We'll be included in the discussion, the mailbag discussion, right? Yep. Uh, it's because There's of Scott. Patreon money already. It's, it's, already of, made, it's already worth it. Go ahead. It's, be, it's because of Scott Hall and the NWO that I started watching wrestling. His promos were incredible. He looked great, and the little things he did, like the spooky fingers, made him that much better. Having said that, I haven't watched a full wrestling show in years, just occasional clips. Why did pro wrestling move away from cool characters like Scott Hall and The Rock, who were unbelievable on the mic and compelling storylines? Everything now seems to be geared towards nerds, and they've given up on trying to entertain normal people. Why? I think the initial AEW's rating shows there are still people hungry for a wrestling show like Nitro, who were willing to give AEW a chance... But now that people are beginning to realize what AEW is about, they're shedding audience. Why have all these shows given up on trying to attract casual fans? P.S. I discovered your podcast through a clip Hugey uploaded. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the views some of these clips generate? There's no telling how many new listeners, like me, discovered your show thanks to him. Conan is right that Hugey's quote, who let the dogs out, end quote, question, was lame and unfunny, but he's steadily gotten better interviewers since the disco interview. With Chris, with this, with Christmas coming up, I hope Conan will reconsider and find it in his heart to go on Hughie's show. He lives in Northern Ireland, which can be a pretty bleak place. What else does he have to celebrate? Your appearance on his show would doubtless mean a lot to him. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. You know, so you, know, you just don't care. Bleak Belfast. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, all right. So that's very disrespectful. Um, I, just, I, I, I think you would agree with this, Disco. Where you choose to live is your problem. Would I be correct there? That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, so, Mike Durbin, why yes. do you think why do you think wrestling uh, has gotten away from trying to get regular fans back with uh, cool characters and storylines and kind of gravitated towards in ring acrobatic athleticism? Well, that's not what that's not what I'm into. So I don't know. I wish it never went away from that. You know, let me real quick interject this because I know Mike said recently to me that he was at that Impact pay per view and has swore yeah. that it's his last major wrestling show he's going to because of the fans. Yeah. They, okay, ruined it. they ruined it for me, man. I'm not going anymore. Give me an example of how they ruined it. The chanting. The chanting. It, everything that happens, no matter what, if it's a technical difficulty with the sound system or if uh, somebody tripped on their way to the ring, it's it's the na 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 na. Everything has a fucking chant, and it's so annoying. Nobody nobody cheers or boos anymore. They just chant like that. Yeah, they like chant. They clap, like they clap like seals. Or they clap. Or if somebody does, like, if, if there's a quote-unquote good sequence, they, they clap but like are, it's but a golf you, outing. But do you pop when it happens in places where it traditionally doesn't happen? Like in uh, Mexico at the AAA shows where the crowd goes, DC's awesome. <laughs> DC's awesome. Yeah. 
that actually only that actually only happens in Tijuana, but oh, um, because it's a. Well, there's a question. What are the chances? Did the, did the what what's the crowd like at the Mexican shows, the lucha shows in Mexico? Yeah, what is what like, are they like? They're old school. They're wild. You know, they're wild and they're going out there and they're cheering and they're booing and they're insulting you and uh, they're very noisy. Um, there's very rare. There, the only chance you will hear is stuff like like when Psycho is wrestling Psycho Circus, Psycho Circus, or there'll be uh, a cero miedo when Pentagon is in, you know, because they're because he's in there. But uh, they're not ma- much into chance, you know. They're more into heat, and they'll give particular wrestlers a chance. You, like you L.A. Work, Park, L.A. Park. You work <clears throat> MLW, you work Impact, um, you've been to the AWW shows, or at least you've seen them on TV. You've seen WWE shows on TV, and you see the crowds in Mexico. Right. What is the difference in the makeup, like the demographic makeup in the, in the audiences? Well, yeah, I think there's a, there is a part of uh, what that what that guy says. I think that's I don't know where or how. Maybe Dermot, who goes to more shows, could tell us. But it's almost like uh, it's become very, very, very popular with the nerd geek. You know, culture, Incel. the video gamer culture, and then like all the other guys that like the old school wrestling, like Joe and Mike, you know, they look down on them because they're a bunch of nerds. But I think what, what's happening is companies are play, pay, playing to their customers. That seems to be like growing and growing and growing. Did, did, you, did you hear the, the, the analogy I made on Russo's show this past week? Did you hear about this? I don't listen to I his show. It generated some discussion online. You tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> okay? And this this is a problem with professional wrestling in the States become trying to become mainstream again become popular. The product today and the fans that support it remind me of prego porn, okay? What? Because, let me tell you, give you this analogy, right? If you look at the pie chart of, like, sexual perversions or what people like, like, what type of porn they like, right? I guess, like, probably the main stuff is, like, uh, people like, like hot lesbian action will be a large piece of the pie. But I guess, like, you know, like, like older, younger will be a larger you know, piece of the pie, teen, you know, whatever. But in the little tiny small sections, you have, like, piss porn, prego porn, like these weird per- per- perverse right. porn. Okay? Yeah. So what I, when I look at the, the professional wrestling now, like, we grew up on, you know, like, if, if wrestling was porn, we grew up on the basic hardcore porn. You know, the famous actors, you know, banging a bunch of hot chicks and stuff. And they're just like basic porn, lesbian porn. And now it's kind of like porn has gotten in this, this weird, gone off on these weird perverse right. places and stuff. Right? right. So when I look at like wrestling today and what they're doing in the ring and the fans that are like that it's drawing, I look at it as like prego porn. So when they had a chance, like, 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 for instance, when AEW is going on TV and NXT is coming on like four or five weeks ago. You know, when, when, when the, the, the new boom started and there was a lot of attention being paid. So everybody watched because like I look at like, a, hey, did you hear this? There's some porn on TV tonight. And everybody turned it on and you're watching because like you're a fan of porn and you go like, wait a second. All the chicks are pregnant. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, this isn't porn. I don't want I to I watch porn. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch a bunch of pregnant chicks having sex. Right. And like they turned it off. Right. Because it's like the analogy is, is what wrestling's doing is it's like. You've gotten away so far from some of the basic principles of it that when you're trying to reintroduce it to the fans that grew up with it, the product looks completely different. And they're wondering why it's like, why are these people all cheering this prego porn? What is, what's and so I called it. I said, this is I said the basic say like like what's wrong with these people? And we had the attitude era, 
And I'm calling this the what's wrong with this people era. era. Because you watch the wrestling fans, you watch the way they react to this product, you watch what they what they like, and you're going like, and they're watching them clap at the shows and just clapping at everything and cheer. And you're going like, come on, what's wrong with these people? I, I came to watch a wrestling show. It's like, what, what are they popping for here? You know, what are they, you know, and I think that's, that's a problem with trying to introduce the business back to raps fans, casual fans. It's like, the product looks nothing like. But I have a I have a question for you. But before that question, as we were talking, Joe put this up. Check out pro wrestling, uh, something pro wrestling for beautiful new MWO shirts coming soon. So this guy's like <laughs> tweeting this during the show, and I saw Mark uh, uh, or Durbin with a phone taking a picture of all of us. I'm pretty sure he put something <laughs> on Twitter that I'm on his show, which I'm not. But the phone itself on the back had a picture of Mar- uh, Durbin. All right? Oh, Tremendous. Okay. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you guys a question. So what if what if that line has been crossed? We're refusing to accept it. Or we haven't seen it. Or it hasn't happened totally. Where, you know, now wrestling is being consumed by a different audience than what we're used to and a lot of companies are recognizing that and are doing it you know what i'm saying it uh it'll take a long time because you know we're talking 20 years of the evolution of the business and i think at some point people are going to realize you know the evolution of the business as it stands right now the, the way we're presenting the business to fans it's not drawing enough people and the people that are running the shows are going to have are going to get smartened up you know, eventually and gradually get people in place to try to evolve the business again back towards more what we grew up with to see if gradually we start getting more fans. It's gonna take five, six, seven years. You got a whole you you got a whole bunch of guys in wrestling today that that you know that shouldn't even be training people and they're training the next generation of wrestlers in this business to do a bunch of things that like they, that you shouldn't really just you shouldn't be doing out there. Yeah, but you know the main, but the main thing, and this will always work, is you gotta have guys that can cut promos. And right. when you look at when you look at somebody like, for example, let's say AEW, right? Mm-hmm. The only guys I've seen there cutting like really good promos is uh, Cody, Moxley. and um, I haven't heard of any of Moxley's, but I know he's great. Oh no, he's been doing. Yeah, he's been killing it. He's yeah, so let's say Moxley, uh, Jericho, and Cody, right? Where back in our day, you had like eight or ten guys, you know? Yeah, a born Matty. Yeah, bro. Look at I mean, like let, let's let's be honest. The crew that we had in Impact in 2003, that crew collectively, almost all the guys in the show cut better promos than guys on TV right now. You know, like everybody in that crew. Who like was in that doing, crew? Yo, know, yeah, New Jack, Sandman, Raven, you, uh, you know, Mike Tenay, me, you know, Pat and uh, Swinger. Um, you know, the, the the America's Most Wanted cut good promos, fiery good Southern promo. You know, just like bro, everybody cut good promos on that show. Yo, Russo, uh, Sonny C. Sonny C. Aki was cutting good promos on that show. You know, it was just like in the Sanders was cutting good promos. Everybody could talk because everybody kind of was like comfortable in their gimmicks and roles. You still see like a lot of guys today because like they, they just grew up learning how to do all the moves and dives and stuff. And, they, and then somebody says, hey, you got to get character. Yeah. And Mike, are you st- Mike, are you still there? I'm right here. I yeah. would like to recommend a movie to you. Go ahead. <laughs> the Lighthouse. Is that a pregnant porn movie? No. <laughs> no. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, I know our listeners sometimes uh, probably lack confidence in the bedroom. We've all had those nights where we get too nervous and we had too much to drink. But there's nothing worse than not being able to put the stick shift and drive when you need the most. But have no fear, Rex MD is here. Spreading cheer, even when you have a few too many beers. Perfect. <laughs> so Rex MD is FDA approved and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. They've sponsored this episode to help you always be prepared. Rex MD has made it simple, easy, and cost effective to help all the men out there last longer and feel more confident in the bedroom. Rex MD makes getting, getting generic and branded Viagra Cialis easy. Everything's online, even the prescription, and they deliver discreetly to your door. No waiting rooms, no embarrassing trips to the doctor, no insurance, and no co-pays. Take advantage of their best deal they've offered and save up to 90% and only pay $2 per dosage with the exclusive link, rexmd.com slash K100. That's rexmd, R-E-X-M-D.com slash K100 for this limited time deal. So RexMD has made this whole process very simple. There's no need to jump through a bunch of hoops to set up an embarrassing doctor's appointment to get your medication where you're telling them, hey, you know, I'm having pr- problems performing. So with just a few clicks of a button, you can talk to a medical professional, create a personalized plan, and get the products discreetly shipped to your, your door within two days. RexMD doesn't just have ED medication. There's other medications that help sexual health, hair growth, pain relief, and sleeping. They're also here to make sure you save big. Viagra costs around 90 bucks a pill. That's ridiculous. But RexMD has generic Viagra. That's just as effective for as low as $2 a pill. And unlike other brands, RexMD is FDA-approved clinically tested at a U.S. licensed pharmacy. So you'll be getting FDA-approved ED treatments at a 90% cheaper rate than the doctors. That's 90% cheaper. That's ridiculous savings. It's fast, simple, and cheap. And RexMD has already helped over 300,000 guys gain confidence quickly and conveniently, and they're here to help you. And let me just say that that, that is accurate. You know, Viagra and Cialis can be very expensive, even with insurance. So you go to rexmd.com slash k100, get them for $2 a pill, and I can tell you for personal experience, they work just as well, just the same. Yeah, next week we'll also be bringing your wife in here for a testimonial to move. Absolutely. Uh, act, act now to take advantage of the best deal yet by heading to rexmd.com slash k100. The exclusive deal will save up to 90% off when you only pay $2 per dosage, and starter packs of generic Viagra Cialis are now available to our listeners to get started at rexmd, that's rexmd.com slash k100. One hundred K one zero zero. Yes, to give the gift of pleasure this holiday season with Rex MD. Right, keep it hard. Boom. So, anyways, I don't know if you've ever uh, gone on the Wrestling Observer website. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go on there? Very. If there's a if Meltzer, like I'll check Meltzer's timeline every once in a while. Right. And if there's a story that that's linked that I want to read about, I'll go on it. All right. Well, I'll usually go to him his website maybe twice a week just to catch up on shit that, right. you know, cause he's always has really stuff that I don't even, I don't even know where, you know what I'm saying? So are you, are you, a, did he give you a free password? Um, I get a free, um, observer every week. Yeah. You, you, you mean they send you one yeah, in the you, mail still? You read the, 
the paper one, right? You don't read it online. Yeah, I read it online, but they still send me a paper oh, one. Okay. Do they really? Yeah. That's you. You're old school. You still like the paper. Yeah, not that much anymore. It's too much, too much, bro. It's just, you know, he he writes a lot. Right. Um, <clears throat> so um, let me see. Uh, so anyway, so on his website, his he does this where he'll put a he'll put like a, a back issue, like a back observer, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. this week. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like I'll, this, I'll see those he posts, but this week in right. like nineteen. I love those. those, I, love those right. Right. Yeah. I love those because it's a time capsule. I yeah. mean, you mm-hmm. know, he basically captures everything that happened, and there's stuff that I forgot about or stuff that I didn't even know about, and I'm like, really, that happened, or I didn't remember that, but it's there, you know. So I was looking at one that he had from. Uh, I'm going to tell you the date, June 9th, two thousand and three. Okay, and mm-hmm. he's talking about TNA. Which you were booking at that time, or helping book, right or no? That was uh, the, the that was the, the asylum shows, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, want me to read you a couple of things here and see what you remember and give me some little like thoughts on them? Yes. All right. So uh, <clears throat> it says, see if you remember this. It says the backstale the backs. I don't remember this at all. You probably do. It says. Uh, the backstage turmoil at the 528 show was huge. It's so weird because there are times I think because it's Vince Russo and because he and Jeff Jarrett have been longtime friends, they're working everybody, except that it's for the most part only the wrestlers that talk about it. The show was a Russo-type show, was more of a Russo-type show with tons of stuff and little good wrestling. The poll was... That's seven- offensive, by the way. That's <laughs> offensive. All right. The poll- oh, you, saw, you saw the crew we had, right? Yeah. yeah, AJ yeah. I mean, Daniels. That's, that's ridiculous to sit there saying. Well, it doesn't matter. If you you yeah, could have a bad. Well, this, here's a here's a poll. Uh, this is the fans, not him. It says right. the poll was seven thumbs up, thirty one down, and eight in the middle. So are the fans wrong too? Maybe there was a bad. Well, show. These are observe. No. These are observer fans, right? So you know. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't right. know. Well, well, they I don't can't know remember. About- they well, don't what, know about what, wrestling. Well, you're asking I'm me just, about. Okay, I'm going to ask you some stuff. Here's my question. I'm you not, asked me about not, a date, and all you've told me so far is all right, the turmoil. I'm getting, in, I'm getting into the. I'm, I am. <laughs> this is page one of the story. Am I supposed okay. to put the ending on the very first page? I'm but, but getting into this. the story. I, I will, but I want to predict something. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> for backstage turmoil, I would suggest it probably has a lot to do with Jeff and Raven. I'm not yes, going to preamble that. that. All right, yes, cool. Yes, All right, yes, let's yes, go. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> – and, and that was true because I read there yeah, was – Oh, 100 yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. yeah. That was my prediction. Oh, I, I just don't – here's the thing, bro. Since I wasn't – and you know me, dude. You yeah. know, I wasn't a backstage politic guy. I was never in the office going, Glenn, what are you guys going to do with me next? Or why are you doing this? Or why are you – you know what I'm saying? No, my you were always whole, smoking pot with, with truth and, and BG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me let me just interject something real quick. What what date did you say the observer was? June 9th? June 9th, two thousand three. What's interesting is the previous TNA show before that was main evented by Jeff Jarrett versus Glenn Gilberti. So I'm just saying. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think in this show it's Glenn and Raven and Jarrett or something like that. Yeah. But I'll get to it because I don't remember none of this. So I just want to see what you remember. You know what I'm right. saying? Because I'm reading this and I'm like, wow, how high was I? I don't remember none of this shit. So anyways, <clears throat> it says the best match – see if you remember any of this, okay? Mm-hmm. It says the best match was interesting, was interesting because, it was a squash ma- which, which, because it was a squash match with D'Lo Brown and AJ Styles over Jason Cross and CM Punk, which only went 429. 
And I'd agree with it because they did a fast-paced match that the crowd got into the last minute. Ironically, the original plan was for a local jobber team. I don't even remember these guys. See if you do called the Kingpins. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were two fat guys. Okay. Who do a bowler tag team gimmick. Right. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. To be squashed. <laughs> to be squashed here. But either Jarrett or Bob Ryder, I don't know what Ryder had to do with this, but it says this is, but either Jarrett and or Bob Ryder change a job or team, which saved things. He Did booked it, he right. booked the, uh, like, enhancement guys, I think, Ryder. Oh, he or, yeah. the guys here, from, like, here was the yeah. thing. you got to understand, when, when Punk was came to TNA, uh, J- J- Jeff and Vince didn't really know much about him at all. And um, I didn't really, I, I knew him from the indies. I thought he was a pretty good indie worker, but he was like the, he was like the main eventer, main eventer of like indie shows in Pittsburgh. Ring of honor. You know, like and stuff. Right. So, and okay. But Raven was the one that was really politicking for, for punk. Like when he came in, but I just don't really remember a lot about that because, you know, they, they put punk in a gimmick and he was at the, the church. He, he ended up doing some stuff, but it wasn't like, I remember a lot about that. All right. He was in. So, uh, so that thing that they were in a job match here is no, no big deal. If you, you look, there was a lot of guys that did. You know, me and Mike Sanders beat Davari and, and Mr. Kennedy on one of those shows. I didn't, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> like, yeah. But these, these were brothers, 2003. These are I all, know, me, I know, bro. Right, me so neither. Yeah. Like Luke Cock was like, I was there and I was yeah, like, I was, don't even, re- the, I don't even was, fucking remember him. You know, he was, he was like, Alter Boy Luke. Alter Boy Luke. Yeah, Alter yeah. Boy Luke. There was a skinny little kid. Yeah, but, you know, he, he was, wasn't, you know, you're not underneath. These were the indie guys that, like, and this is the thing. Burt Prentice used to book a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. Like, so, you know, because they were all kind of around the Tennessee, you know, because there was still a lot of indies in Tennessee and stuff around there. So yeah. they would get that indie Tennessee scene and get those guys in there because they could drive, you know? And plus, the other thing is, is that I remember we had heat for a long time and then Jackie fixed it and he was mad because he says that one time he offered me a ride and I was said no or was Big rude. Or, Big yeah, and I was like, awesome. Who knows? I was. I could see that. If you're giving me no, if you're giving me a free (laughs) ride to the show, I'm taking it. So something that must have been, you know, who knows what happened. So um, because usually you had to go like in this fucking van that they brought to the hotel. But anyways, so um, uh, okay. Then it says uh, worst match was Kid Cash versus Trinity, and really that was possibly the worst match of the year. And I don't know how many horrible women's matches they are going to have before they get a clue. And I would agree okay. with that because the women right. were not good. No, let me tell you something. The women that there were good. And let me tell you why I they were, think they were good. No, 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 because they weren't very, let, let me tell you something. They maybe weren't good. Like for a Dave Meltzer, but if you watch they a lot were of good the shit, for me, bro, no, no, but here's the thing. We didn't do a lot of like long matches with the girls. We would have to do like cat fights and brawl. Right. And like the, the girls, they were very, they weren't, they were kind of green, but they were very snug. Kind of, they were all. But, but here's my point: they were kind of. And I remember snug. Trinity, and, it, and I remember Trinity especially because this was the deal with her, and I like her. She used to do a moonsault, so everybody used to go, "Oh my gosh, she's a great wrestler!" No, she can hit a moonsault, and that's right. what about it. And now you guys think that she can wrestle. You know what I'm I saying? Was, uh, for, and it was the same all, problem with Sexy Star and Lucha Underground. But he, they thought she the was this tremendous wrestler. And i like, yeah, anybody looks good if Pentagon's basing you. <laughs> I mean, give me a fucking break. You know what Bro, I'm saying? Here was the thing, though. This this is what Meltzer fails to realize is back then. Bro, we would use the girls in, like, cat fight spots. Right. And they would, they would get a pop. It would. Like, it wasn't good. They would get a yeah, pop. And this is, you know what I'm saying? And let me tell you that. I remember the Trinity Kid Cash match. That was a very disturbing match to watch. If you if you go back and find it, bro, Cash, Cash and her were dating, 
and Cash was lighting her up, mm. like on chops and stuff. Yeah, I do remember. And that. it was, and it was just like very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, like a guy. But yep. and it was like, and maybe that's why I looked at it. Said that was my been one of the worst matches because this is before girls workers were getting. You know, mm. there, was, there was a handful of them. Yeah, you know, and he had that old school mentality. You know, if you're going to be in right. the business, yeah, oh, right, 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 exactly, exactly. So I, I could see him not liking that, but I, but I recall that. That it, it was, I remember that. Like, if you could, if you could find that on YouTube, if yeah. it's there somewhere, I would, I would, I would suggest you, you tell me what you think. You know, they, uh, they, they have that T or the Impact uh, app. Okay, uh, then, it, then it's okay. <clears throat> then it said, um, that made four straight bad shows. And as Raven has continually emphasized, the only way to make this weekly pay per view concept work is to have good shows almost every week. The live crowd was way down, estimated at 850, and the lines before the show were counted as roughly one-third of that paid. There's a lot of finger-pointing at the attendance drop, okay? <laughs> now, here we go to Raven and Jarrett. A lot of talk regarding, you were right, regarding Raven and Jarrett. The big story after the show most every week is Raven and Russo on one side and Jarrett on the other, trying to convince Dixie Carter, the daughter of the owner, that their ideas are better and trying to rally as many people behind their respective sides and talking with her. How much of this is true? Partially true. Raven okay. was the one doing that. Okay. Vince was always all strictly business. Raven was, was very uh, egocentric and trying to get his – he was trying to take over the company. Remember that? Right. Yep. He, he wanted he wanted to be in charge. Like, like Vince was never that – Vince was the writer of the show. That's it. And he would have to filter, you know, Jeff would be, Jeff was still the head of creative and Vince is the writer, but that's all that, you should remember those shows. Vince was just off producing vignettes all day, you know, and stuff and and like writing the show. But he, Vince would not politic, Vince would kind of like, the thing was Dixie always leaned on Vince, mm -hmm. but she would be in the middle of Jeff, it was, it was Jeff and Raven, butting heads. And like, you know, all, all our, the, the butting heads with, with us and Jeff were always just in creative. That was never like at the shows. Yeah, the Raven Jeff was more personal. More personal than that was at the why, show. Why do you think it was personal? What did they have heat from somewhere before, or he didn't know. like the way Raven came in and tried to take over, no, or what? Just typical Top Guy stuff. Both yeah. guys wanted to be the the the, the, <clears throat> the head guy in charge. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Won. So what? Jeff, I remember when they had the big title match. Jeff even won the match, and uh, I mean, you see, he remained in power for years, and Raven, you know, kind of faded away. So Jeff won that whole power struggle. Right then, it says I don't even remember this. And then it says well, plus uh, two, and that's when I was going to push. <clears throat> I remember that we we kind of we'd the sports entertainment streaming stuff was hot there for a bit, and then we did a couple things that just weren't like a, maybe the show before was like the build up to me and Jeff that it was it wasn't like something happened. I, I forgot what it was, but uh, I remember it was like oh fuck, it's going to be flat. Well, your name you is know? in here, so it might remind you. It might remember okay, you when I get to it. That's why I wanted yeah. to get your point of view. Yeah. Then it says um. Tell me how much of this is true. It says, Russo's side turns in a show on Thursday and complains that Jared doesn't come back with the changes until Tuesday, late at night, and Russo's too tired to argue with him. <laughs> uh, you can ask Vince about that. That's good Please strategy. Go I, don't, I, don't, I don't Well, after, after the show, like, like we would do the, when, when between us at the, you know, getting together and writing the shows, I really wouldn't get back till like we were driving up to Nashville the next Wednesday, the next Wednesday, you know, that that's that I did anything in between with Jeff and Vin, you know, that that was, I was completely out of that process. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't even remember this because, and my name is in it. So it says, a major topic of discussion was that during the show, Conan and Ron Killings attacked Ron and Don Harris in the back of the building with a loaded sock and a baseball bat. The Harris twins were back twice on the show, showing no signs of a beating and never vying revenge, nor was the beating ever acknowledged. Don West actually brought this up before the show at a production meeting, and Dredd said that the twins wouldn't be seen until 30 minutes after the beating. There is a feeling that because West came in, in less than a year ago, with no product knowledge that even though he's been a fast study, Jeff and more so Jerry don't take seriously his questions about the show. You remember any of this? Not that specifically. You brought Vince. I just remember these, those shows were very busy for two hours. Like there's a lot of angle. Yeah. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot lot going on. Right. Yeah. The biggest controversy. Here we go. The biggest controversy involved Raven and Jared Raven. See if you remember this. Raven suffered a head injury the night before working an indie match with D'Lo Brown in Ottawa, yes. Ontario. I, I remember this, yes. Okay. The injury must have been legit because several wrestlers noted the swelling he had on the left side of his head. He was complaining about it and said he had a minor con- – huh? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. He said he had a minor concussion and asked for his match to be delayed a week. Jarrett – told him he had to suck it up. And since Jarrett had been around for so long, he probably at least considered the idea that Raven was trying to avoid doing the planned job for Glenn Gilberti. Even though the finish was the return of Vince Russo as a character hitting Raven with a bat, Gilberti really isn't over as a headliner and Raven is the hottest guy in the company. But Jarrett was defending against Gilberti on 6-4, so Gilberti needed the boost. Right. But Raven... Okay. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Let me tell you this, too. I remember this. I really didn't want to be in like the title picture. Right. My 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 gimmick going up then was like kind of like the shit disturber picture. Right. And I think Jeff kind of like maybe wanted me, but I was getting that's a lie. We were getting we were getting sports, a good reaction. We were getting sports entertainment. We were putting good heat on us, right? Yeah. But um, but I just remember there was a thing that like you know it was obvious that Raven and Jeff should have been the the angle. You know what I'm saying? And I think Jeff was kind of like fighting against that because he knew Raven behind the scenes was trying to politic to be in charge of the company trying to, you know what I'm saying? So Jeff kind of went with me, but here was the other thing too, that nobody really knew about. one great thing about Raven that you got to give him credit for. Raven had no trepidation bearing Jared in public or in person or in private. There's a lot of, there was a lot of heat between those two. Right. It was funny too, because there was a lot of heat between those two. We all saw it, but everybody else was having a good time at those shows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it was, they were fun shows, right? So, um, but I will say this: do, do you know who was actually politicking at one point for me to be the world champion? No, Jerry you. Jarrett. <laughs> and I don't know. When I heard that. I was like, really? Because I knew that he really wasn't a fan, but he liked what I was doing. I think, like I said, I went from the the leader of sports entertainment extreme, and like within like a six week period, I was fighting Jeff for the belt. I, I you know I wouldn't have. I I, I actually think I was. But you kinda, were over felt, at that time. You I was were over, over, but I, I still felt you know. But they didn't push you as a top guy. Well, they were pushing me like as in the in the top guy angles because we were, we're everything. Well, now a lot of this stuff, one, yeah. this one, yeah, here. Well, yeah. there was a lot of stuff going on. I fucked AJ. 
Then I had a little thing with AJ for like three weeks, three or four weeks actually. And that kind of built me up to fight Jeff, you know, but that's all I did. Me, my, my angle with AJ was actually better than the one with me and Jeff. But, but the whole thing was the sports entertainment extreme. Our thing was we were telling the story that Jeff was in charge of the company. And the only reason that he's got the belt is because he owns the company. Right. And we were telling that because it was all a lot of behind, you know, we, we were, we were talking about all this. Right. And I just remember the rate, you know, Raven, like, like I said, because when Raven and Jeff ended up wrestling each other, they drew a really good house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they were, they were, it was obvious those two were on a collision course. And, and the theory, and here's another thing too, that happened during all this. When I am um, going into the match with Jeff, my back start, my back had started hurting like a week before. Like I'd always have recurring back problems, but it was like, fuck, you know, that I went in with Jeff and my back was not a hundred percent. I think maybe a week or two after that match is when I blew my back out and got hurt and was out for, for a couple months. Like where I actually had the back spasms in the right after the, uh, I think it was me and, uh, my, me and Shane against Jeff and Raven, maybe even like they had gotten, I don't know what, but whatever happened, I, I actually got my back went out. I, I blew my back out. <laughs> and, right. I, and let me say this too. There's another funny thing. <clears throat> Cause we were always, it was me, Raven, Russo, Sanders, and Perry would drive up in the car on the show to the show. Right. And those were actually some pretty good creative meetings there because there's a lot of ideas. You know, Perry was very smart to the business too. And Sanders did some stuff. So they, they actually had a lot, a lot of good ideas. Of course, Raven was always, you know, try to book his stuff, and everything. But I was kind of like more. I see, even though when when they were pushing me, I was still more for the other angle, the other angles, right? But the but the funny thing is, like, remember how Raven used to complain? Maybe you were here in the locker room when this happened. Remember when Raven complained all the time? He was just always complaining, right? Like the time we, we complained about, and he had a shoot broke because D'Lo would hit him in the side of the head with a kendo stick, and he for a shoot, like he was fucked up. But right. this it even it even because, says here that yes, that that, that, that yeah. was a shoot. No, okay. No. Um. But I will say this. Do you remember the match that I blew my back out on? Okay. Raven, like, actually had jumped over the top rope or something. And I tried to catch him, but my back was saying, and he landed bad and hurt his ankle, his heel. And I, like, actually, after the match, I was actually laying on the mats outside the ring. I couldn't move. And they had to carry me to the back. When they carried me to the back, it took me to the back locker room in the corner, you know? The one, like, uh, if you're walking out of not that the sex locker room that was in the far corner, but yeah, we were back to the main yeah, yeah, locker room. Right? Like, we had a little area. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> right, right. So, do you remember this when we went back there? <laughs> Raven, Raven was grabbing his ankle. And, oh, he was like going, "Oh my god, my ankle! Oh, you fucked up!" Like he was just complaining, like as loud as can be. And here I was, literally couldn't move. Right. And I finally like yelled, I go, Raven, will you shut the fuck up because yeah. I fucking hurt? You know, I couldn't even move. And like when I looked up to look in the mirror, I was all twi- twisted like this because I had back spasms. Mm-hmm. And everybody's looking at me going, oh, shit, you're fucked up. <laughs> you know, so like, you so then, Megan, then Raven actually shut up from complaining all the time because I remember he would just always constantly complain right. all the time back then. Um, and let me yeah, – you just brought up a name and it just brought up a story that I remembered. Perry Saturn. Listen to right. this. So one time we were in the dressing room and – like back then I used to use the N word a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. But usually like when brothers that I knew, like right. Ron Killings and, you know, right. New Jack and shit like that mm-hmm. uh, or Puerto Rican guys, because they use that shit a lot. And mm-hmm. so I said something like, man, these N words are tripping or something like that. Right. And mm-hmm. I kept talking and Perry Saturn decided to use the N word. Bro, new Jack went off. He goes, I dare you to say that fucking word again. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, you know what I'm talking about. I double dare you, motherfucker, to say that motherfucking word again. Bro, 
And Perry very thankfully did not because he was about to go off, bro. He was fucking incensed. But anyways, so here we go with the, um, um, okay. But Raven was furious and it was the talk after the show and reportedly Raven was throwing up during the, was throwing up during much of the week due to the concussion. Jared told Raven he could do a five minute match, but he wanted a match and wanted to Gilberti over. Raven didn't want a short match because he didn't want, he didn't want to be in a stinker main event, so he, on his own volition, wound up there for 1535. One spot where Raven would kick out of the Siakalypse was pulled from the match because Raven couldn't take the move. Raven had it won when Sandman started whacking him with a cane in the back. Jared saved Raven since at the end of their much-talked-about promo, Jared said he was going to make sure he was going to make sure Raven was 100% when they finally had their rematch. So he was Raven's protector for now. The crowd, which wasn't in too much all night, got into the end of the match after a sluggish start. Raven told Gilberti to avoid anything to the head, and Gilberti, whose offense comes across like a prelim guy anyway, looked worse trying to be careful and worked extra light because every blow was hurting Raven bad. The current plan for the the current plan for the anniversary show is Jared versus Gilberti versus Raven in a three-way. Did that ever happen? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I can't remember that specifically. No. Um, let me see. There was one more thing I wanted to bring up here. Jarrett Jared and Raven had an in-ring worked confrontation, which was weird. The idea was not to turn either guy. Jarrett seemed to have 75% support when he was out by himself, but there was a vociferous heel cornered and Jarrett was insulting them. It was said this was Russo's call and Jarrett wanted to just not acknowledge the booze. Raven came out and called Jared the game, which started a light triple J chant. <laughs> Raven talked about politics and backstabbing and compared Jared to Shane and Stephanie McMahon. Jared made a comeback saying that nobody wanted Raven to be champion and basically he called him a drug addict. And I remember this because I talked to Jeff about it after it, saying he was shooting up backstage at one point. Fans are booing Jared by the end, particularly when calling Raven a drug addict. Do you remember this? Yeah, because Raven, because we were we were the, the, like a three month process. I remember this yeah. of turning Jeff heel, slow, right. slow, slow turn. Like we're basically everything, you know, the pressure of being the owner is getting to him, and he's starting to heal as of like he's turned into a bad guy. Because we would always do spots where, like, he would do, you know the old thing where you turn around and he he would hit the baby face with the chair, but he's acting like he didn't know who it was. You know, type thing. we would do, do. There was a lot of a lot of storytelling like that. Right. So you were turning him heel at this point, Jared, when he oh, said he, he was a drug addict? Started, it had been started before that. He was still – bro, there's oh, a so promo. so he was I, trying to get heel heat. There, there's, there's, a, there's a promo that I cut. There's like a month before that he's, we started turning <clears> – started laying the groundwork for him being heel. And I remember one of the promos I cut. Like there, there's a – me and AJ have a brawl, and it starts off because we're, we're, we're recruiting D'Lo. We're trying to recruit D'Lo into sports entertainment. He comes in. And basically he'd been promised a title shot. Or he wanted to come in for for a title shot. Like we were trying to get him to come in sports or time extreme, but he ended up, you know, it was it was a good pitch. But like, so there was a like I actually said, um, like in the promo I had said b- before AJ come because I just screwed AJ out of out of out of his shot the week before, right? So I'm in the ring talking, telling D'Lo that we're going to be in his corner tonight and stuff. And then I was by myself and like, well, you know, but one of the things I said, I, I I said I go I go Jeff Jarrett is not a good guy. I, I, it's not a good guy. I go, the only reason Jeff Jarrett is a good guy is because he's rested in his hometown and these people believe his bullshit. And like, but he would, and we were doing that because he wasn't really doing wrestling like a, like a, like a good guy. 
he was doing a lot of heel, but like he, he was up against the heel faction, but he was still doing heelish stuff. And so that that's how we were like we were like you know twisting that. And maybe that could have like actually I don't know um, if it had uh, affected that crowd because I don't know if they wanted no, Jeff this to is, be a this heel. Is, you know? No, this is what I remember because I remember this. I remember mm-hmm. hearing this promo, and I'm now that I'm thinking that I told this to Jeff. Jeff must have been thinking, "How high is this motherfucker?" If he doesn't realize that I'm being a heel, because I thought he was a babyface, and when he came back, I go, "Bro, that's not smart to say," because <laughs> all those motherfuckers out there are taking drugs too. So right. when you say that he's taking drugs and he's a drug addict, they're like, "Yeah, so are we, motherfucker." Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't understand yeah. what that was supposed to accomplish. Yeah, but I remember telling him that, but I didn't know they were turning him heel. I thought he was still a baby patient. 